Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks, formerly Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today, and today we're joined by Yolanda Hosnick. Yolanda, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. It's good to have you. Yeah, it is really good to have you at the table, Yolanda. Now, I have a feeling that we're going to get to hear about what you and your husband do together as a career, but I'm just going to ask you ahead of time, what is your favorite home design? Okay, so that could change with trends, but I think it's safe to say, and this is where I would head if I was to build again here, that the classic Virginia homestead, the house that looks like a farmhouse that was added onto, I think just the classic lines and the gables, porches, I think those are beautiful homes. So. Yes, they are. That's good. It just made me think. My grandfather was a home builder. Yeah. Built the home we grew up in and many yeah. homes. Um, around the community. So I get that because that was the classic home. That's what we grew up in. I think part of my reason is that trends will change. And so I like a reference to something that is classic. And that's one that's not as formal, the farmhouse. Mm -hmm. And I know it's been, the modern farmhouse has been very popular, but I would say almost, I would kind of look at a more traditional farmhouse going forward. um, If we were Again, to build again. It's always about what I would do next. I would love to see that house. But anyway, we're here to talk about your story today and your testimony of your life and what God has done. And so maybe you could just start telling us a little bit about where you grew up and about your family. Sure. So I grew up right here in Harrisonburg on the west side of town on Route 33. And it was right across from the entrance of Belmont there. Mm -hmm. Grew up in a home that my grandfather had built and my mom had grew up in. And um, my parents, fabulous upbringing. They were wonderful parents. I have two sisters. And um, I grew up Mennonite, and that was my background. And also a huge part of our childhood was music, lots of music. So I started playing violin when I was five, and so did my older sister, which we were only eight months apart. She was adopted. We're very close. So... um, (laughs) And then I later on switched to play viola, and my younger sister played cello, and we had a cousin and friend play violin. So we had a string quartet by the time we were seventh grade, for sure. Fifth grade, we were already performing and doing gigs around the community. So that was a huge part. Lots of hours practicing Mm -hmm. and time spent together over music. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, music has definitely been, as long as I've known you, it's just been a part of who you are and there's definitely something special about music's ability to just encourage us. I'm realizing it's really important right now. I think um, the pandemic has meant that we haven't been able to like have concerts and music. I'm just like, I think that's definitely a sadness there. It's yeah. fun to come together and hear music. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What made you want to get into music or, you know, is that something your family's always been into? I'm not sure, but I want to go with, there was a lady that we knew that was starting a program at EMU and my parents. So it's now the, preparatory program over there and she sold it I believe and I think she even lived in our basement so like we just started out taking violin lessons and then it stuck it worked I think my mom had practice charts and just there's different things but the real reason we stuck with it I think was the social element we did it it was a lot of it was good times with friends Mm -hmm. and that really 
I think is a special part to making music with people is if you really connect to them Mm -hmm. on not just um, musically, but as friends. So and relationally, which, yeah, I'm trying to play or am have been playing violin out of East Rock campus now in Elkton. So it's been good times with John and Mandy Lawson then. So you've gone me. from the west side of the county to the east yeah, side. Yeah, that's right. It's true. You know, we actually lived, we built four houses on the west side of the town and then ended up moving east. And you'd be, it felt so weird for the longest time because I was used to shopping over Walmart on 42. And so just ch- I would still drive back there, even though. <laughs> so, But then again, now everything's just changed in Harrisonburg so much. So and it's definitely moving east. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Yolanda, tell us, you mentioned that you grew up in a Mennonite family, and just tell us maybe when you first experienced Christ personally or made that decision personally for yourself, not just going to church with your parents or your family, but really when God spoke to you and you made that decision. Well, I was definitely one who always kind of knew of Jesus, and there was a time, I know both my sister and I kind of at a similar time said we want to accept Christ into our hearts. I think it was like we were eight. I think it was a car ride home and um, conversation and then, you know, went forward with baptism. I've always been serious about my faith. And so different high points, though, definitely I went on a mission trip to France after my junior year. And then after my senior year, I went with the Continentals um, and performed in churches all over the U.S. and Bermuda. And um, those were definitely kind of like really serious times where you're kind of drawn away and from home and seeking the Lord. And so I would say those, but really one of the deepest times of faith was like, uh, as you'll hear some that Ben and I are builders and having to go through the housing recession and just have so much loss. I just remember there was just a time that I just had to write scripture all over my mirror and with my eyeliner pencil. So that when I looked in the mirror in the morning, I would just have the word of God all written around me. And it was just like, I would say in some ways, Always knew that I loved the Lord, but that was like a real time of just like drawing very close and learning that he's my provider. Mm. Uh, that was a real thing for me, that he provides. And um, we've definitely, that's a part in construction is just having to trust. And that's actually not to plug our business, <laughs> but the name of our business has the word provision in it because it's been about trusting him for provision. And so, yeah, it's definitely, you know, there's all kinds of lessons throughout, but... Yeah, I've so been a, you went away to college, right? I did. Mm-hmm. And did they give you graduation? Yeah, so <laughs> I um, went to Messiah College in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and met Ben, my husband, the first day, literally. I was buying supplies in the bookstore, ran into him there, and then we were both art majors. And so, yeah, we started dating pretty much off the bat. And um, yeah, I went through Messiah College. I was an art education major and um, they required their art ed majors to go through their satellite campus in Philadelphia. It was right on the Broad Street uh, on Temple University's campus. So I went to Temple, which had like 80,000 students at that time. And through Temple then also had to go to Tyler School of Art. And so lots of different experiences in college. And then Ben and I were married our senior year and lived in Philadelphia. And then, you know, we started out our careers. Um, I was an art teacher at Broadway High School and been a graphic designer here locally. And then in an attempt to kind of like stay home with our daughter, we sold the first house when I was pregnant with our daughter, uh, a 
wanted to try to stay home with her. So we decided to sell our first house, which we had built in 1999 because there was equity there. But as is typical with building, the next house is bigger and it costs just as much. But that that is what probably got us into building is right there. And my dad has been a developer and builder. And Ben's dad, too, is actually has been a professor of residential construction and wood technology. So we both had like, yeah, the building and business somewhat, especially business on my side of the family. And we just started I was already at home and Ben started moving away from graphic design and got into um, contracting. And actually at that time though, we just built spec houses. We've built eight houses for ourselves total that we were the contractors. We didn't live in all of them, but there was a period that our daughter, we had moved like 11 times in 14 years at one point. And our daughter had moved almost every year <laughs> until she was like seven. So anyways, yeah. So you all moved back here. You, yes. you got into you know, building a house. And yes. It sounds like it was contagious. You build yeah. one and you want to build another? Yeah, it's the artist, that right brain something. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it kind of feels crazy sometimes, but um, there's something about organizing everything and bringing it together into a space that you use. I mean, it's design and function, and it's just exciting, and it's, yeah. So, and, you know, I think that it is also something that you want to do correctly. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Like you are, yes. you're, not, you're not out there cutting corners. Yeah. I've seen your work. I think um, some of it is, we're very, we're both perfectionists, Ben and I, and we're super particular. And then, so there's this balance of, I mean, it's always about money too. You know, you just, it's not unlimited. So of getting quality mm-hmm. for the right price. And then we, you know, early on we were building spec houses and everyone be like, Generally, you try to build them for general appeal because you're trying to sell to you don't know who. And early on, I picked wall colors. They had unique. I mean, there were there was and it kind of started this. We got that people liked when we threw more design at our houses that we were built. And so it was just a yeah a process of one at a time. And we we're also very much don't like to be stretched too thin. So that has formed how we build. We tend to stick with only one to two projects at a time. And we don't like the liability or the responsibility of what others might do coming back on us. So we tend to also stay on the job and always be really involved with things. And again, that goes, don't spread yourself too far. So that's meant at times we didn't know exactly what was coming because we didn't always line a ton of stuff up um, because we would only take what we could kind of handle. So, yeah. And I know, uh, Yolanda, like you said, you care about the quality. You want to do it then do it right. And uh, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about building. Yes. So if you want to so share had, some on that. I had prepared some for this. Um, uh, I was going to give just one more background or just a little bit to that. So I married and my last name became Hausnick, which actually means house in German and Nick means servant or worker. So it's kind of interesting. We didn't start out that way, but we ended up in building. And um, yeah, you know, I, I was struck with that's kind of the idea that we should, we should be house servants. I later on have an analogy. The body of Christ is like a house in some ways, so that, that we're all servants in the house of Christ. So, but yes, in scripture, there are a lot of times that there's a reference to building or how to construct. And um, when we were married, Ben and I had chosen the Bible verse Psalm 127, 1, unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. And throughout, so we've almost been doing construction 20 years now. There's no question that there's just been a lot of times we totally have to surrender to what God wants and acknowledge it's him that makes things happen. And, you know, uh, it's good to work hard and do your best, but ultimately there's just 
leaning on the Lord for what he wants to make happen in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that so? But in scripture, there are a couple of things that I've thought about is that um, when you get a set of blueprints or plans are essential to making sure the house is constructed properly. And what we always actually tell people is when we meet them to build is first you pick the land. And I don't know, maybe there's a spiritual analogy to that too, like identifying the land. But then you have to, you design the house plan to sit properly on the land so that, well, you can save a lot of expenses based on how you situate a house on the land. But if we look at a set of blueprints, you can see that it's similar. I was saying earlier when we were talking that uh, blueprints are like God's word and that we need to um, follow them in our lives so that we can make sure that we're building properly. If I was to like um, look at a set of plans and then walk away from them and never reference them again, the house would not be built properly. And so I think it's really important for the church for Christians and believers to make sure that they reference God's word often. I'm actually reading through the Bible for the first time. I've read a lot of the scripture, but I'm reading the whole way through this year, and I can't tell you how much that's impacted me to just have that, uh, just to make sure that it's just filling me properly with what God wants. And I'm learning so much, yeah, just from all the little, all the little things that are in there. I could see if you just read it every year, it would be so beneficial. But, and um, I think it's important to follow God's word because we acknowledge that Satan has a plan for each of us, like he would like to destroy our lives. And so it's really important to stick to God's plan so that you don't give way to what Satan's would be trying to discourage you from doing right. So, so. you would know, like, you are not keeping up with what the plan is. Like, we know what a life sometimes looks like if they don't yeah. follow God's yeah. plan. And so I can imagine the analogy in a house. Um, if you have a blueprint and look at it and go, well, I think I got it. I can do this on my own. The house is going to be a mess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you if you know... You could even think that um, in building, one thing has to happen after another, too. And so then there's a certain level, too, of, like, um, just kind of being organized in that. And um, for, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I guess it'd just be, like, not veering off the plans, too. I mean, and doing your mm-hmm. own, yeah, it just, there's an order, a process. And I think it's a little bit that way, too. And, like, I think, actually, Ben likes to say that your dad, which Pastor Kerry would say, don't get out in front of God. So I'm like, make sure you don't, like... Don't get ahead of them. Don't get ahead of them. And so, yeah. I actually, in construction, a lot of time get ahead and then think we're going somewhere else. And then Ben will remind me that there's like <laughs> two other, three other steps that have to happen before. So, like, it's but, it's natural to kind of like miss steps. <laughs> like, well, and like, excited, yeah, you're you excited. You want to get to the, get the, to the things. Stuff. Yeah. So. Those pretty faucets. Yeah. Nice that's lighting, right. Right. And we yeah. forget some of the foundational yeah. things that have to happen. Yeah, I always um, forget insulation. <laughs> but oh, but when you can hear, yeah, I know. When you can, yeah, we're actually realizing the value of more insulation for soundproofing. So it's That's like true. you can, there's, um, yeah, there's all kinds of things that are keep going up in quality and construction. So anyway, sure. so yeah. So I actually had, um, after um, thinking about the importance of sticking to God's word as a blueprint for your life, there's a Bible verse it's um, Luke 14, verse 27. Jesus is talking about the cost of being a disciple. And he says, And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying that person began to build and wasn't able to finish. So an important part Everyone wants to know what it's going to cost to build, and especially right now, because cost 
construction materials are quite high. And um, yeah, um, people want to know too, because it's really hard to find anything for sale. So we're having to start looking at building. But um, what is it going to cost um, to build? And so, you know, along those lines is exactly what Jesus was saying is that it costs to follow him. But later on, um, we know that if we build, uh, I was going to reference 1 Corinthians 3, 11 and 13, that if you build with Christ as your foundation and you use the quality materials, you build with quality your life on the foundation of Christ, it will be tested by God. And so it's worth it because there's a reward for those who build right. Yeah, so we know it costs. It's smart to plan for that, but uh, yeah. We definitely got to take over one job where the homeowners had purchased or were planning to build, and they had a kit and everything. It was a Lindell's Cedar home, and they were planning to build, and um, they ran out of money partway through. And so it happens that it's a real thing. They actually, but they had invested the money hoping for to gain more. So there's like, yeah, anyways. After you estimate the cost in construction and you break ground, you know, if Jesus says it's really important, and we know this in construction, it's really important to have a good foundation. We actually went one time to look at a job if someone wanted to do a, a renovation. And when you do that, and if you're going to be removing any walls, you often go down to the basement or the crawl space or wherever, especially if it's unfinished, and you look to see if there's any load-bearing underneath the walls that you want to take out. But when we were down there, we realized that they had, whoever had built their house had poured the footers, but yet the walls, so the footers ran around the perimeter of the house, but the walls in multiple places were not even sitting on the footers, like they were overhanging them. And so that's, you know, it's important, one, if the foundation person to follow the plan properly, but it's so important to make sure when you're building that you get down to the good ground. We've actually had to go and pour like $4,000 worth of slurry under the corner of one house to make sure that it was going to be sitting on good ground because there was like a tree root there or something where it had like caused a pocket. And so the same thing, and it kind of goes back to the blueprint, but Jesus um, says, let me actually read straight out of what Jesus says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And so the words of Jesus being the word of God, again, following the idea that we stay true to scripture. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the windows blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. I think, you know, in construction... There's a lot of times it's tempting to go faster and cheaper, and it's the same way in life that it, we can try to rush and do things that are quickly gratifying. Yeah, just not the depth of what would happen if we would wait for God and like stay true to what His character or what He was wanting for our lives. So I think it's um yeah just to remember to um, hear the words of Christ and put them into practice, build on them. Because if our foundation of faith is faulty, mm-hmm. if we rush through and we don't deal with things that we need, need to deal with, maybe we see some issues, but we go, oh, you know what, that is not going to be a problem in my life. Yeah. And the next thing piles on top yeah. of that, yep. just like That's you right. have a faulty foundation, then you, you know, 
maybe a little sloppy with yeah. that. And every, I mean, you end up with whether it's a house or a life, like yeah. that causes us, you know, we hear you can get off a degree off, right? Like yeah. um, if True North is the way we're supposed to be right. facing and we're off a degree, then everything you get away. tends to go Well, and it's awry. like, so when we get into relationships is when we often sense that we've got something that we've been doing wrong. Like that kind of is sometimes when we see how we're thinking differently or wrong. I think that's at least some of how we're t- we figure out where we need some but like so when the framers frame a house if they get a wall out of square or um sometimes there'll be like a two by four that's bowing one way they have to like literally frame so that they turn the bow a certain mm-hmm. way but like so if they were not careful in that later on then the drywallers hang it and then the cabinet people have to fight it and it's just like and then the base mold you see the gap and then the flooring doesn't run square so it's like it's really important that would be one way to just make sure that, yeah, we craft our lives carefully based on the word of God. Because Jesus said, if you don't put it into practice, what I say. Right. So it's like, it's one thing to hear the word of God right. and to not follow it. Right. And it goes, a lot of this just keeps them back to the blueprints. But um, right. that right. it's just like, you have right. to follow right. the word. And um, yeah. He cares about the details. He does. And that's actually my next. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. He does care about the details. So, like, if you feel like at all in your life that uh, the little things don't matter, one, it's awesome to read the word of God and just like sometimes hear the little, like, grieved Rebecca that Esau had married women that were like foreign from a foreign land. I'm like, like, you know, like, so these people had, like, God cares. It was in the word that that grieved her. It was just like, but it's just like he really, there's a lot of, lots of details. And so a lot of times we feel like we want to be doing something great for God and there's like big things, but it's cool that he included so many little things, like how Ruth was supposed to lay down at Boaz's feet and all the details. Like it's just like, so those things that we go through and process how to go about doing really matter. But that's aside from that, um, really we can see when God created the world, I mean, you can look at a blade of grass and know that we have a God, or the leaves, you know, and the veins of every single thing in um, creation. It was one thing after another. He ordered it, which is another thing I would say that we can learn about God is he brings things together. So he is paying attention to the details. Um, We see that in creation. We see when he gives any instruction in the word of God for how to build something like Noah's Ark. The tabernacle was down to like what fabrics were used in the temple. And so, yeah. And then, like I was saying earlier, we know God cares about the detail. We know that he brings things together. And we can see that in his word. He's not a God who, like, throws things. It's always in purpose for bringing something together. So there's, like, hardship. But I once heard a message that it's important that we not be pragmatic atheists, which is that we trust God for our salvation and kind of, like, big things, but we don't trust him for the little things that we need him for. Like in construction, there I can't tell you how many times we just like think something's not going to work out. And I can, we think it. And then I'm so grateful we have lots of years now to just know. One thing that's beautiful is a lot of times other people come alongside of you and help you figure things out. And that's, that's neat. And actually leads into the next thing I was going to say in that we can see that a house is kind of like a picture of the body of Christ in the way we know we see it's a house, but it has many parts. But I just said something. I said a lot of times when Ben and I run into a problem, I can't. We will literally end up calling like three subcontractors, other people, 
even other builders, someone who's done anything, and with the input and the help. So that's the, the value of one way. The body of Christ is so valuable is that we obviously pray to God and ask for wisdom, but I think somewhere in Proverbs it says many advisors make for successful or for at least for successful king, and uh, we have seen that. It is so precious sometimes just how someone comes through and helps us. And I think the same thing, then we try to be that to others too. But I think so much of life is what we do. You know, like that's how we identify. We know how to call someone when we need them. But when you are in the body of Christ, it's really important that it's not just about what you do, it's about how you do it. I think that it's in the spirit of Christ that makes us different than the world, puts us in the body. It's like, so there's about the power of God yeah. instead of about our flesh. Like, yeah, and, so, I mean, yeah. there's other builders. Yeah. How are we different? Right. How do we do things? But then, yeah, so then just going back to the analogy that a house, I was just thinking about how in the body of Christ, um, how important it is that we don't, like, resent others being different than us. Um, because in a house, I mean, you can see that uh, there's tile, there's hardwood, there's uh, vinyl plank, there's, like, all different kinds of, Floorings, and then there's the plumbing fixtures that are connected, the under the sink plumbing down the walls, um, and then um, even eventually then down to your um, foundation where you have your under slab plumbing. So basically, it's really important that members of the bodies of Christ be connected to each other for functioning. And I think that the church really needs to look at like how to bring a certain social element of how we can get to know each other so that we can have those connections more for each other. And then one more thing about building, and um, that is that Ben and I have actually done a lot of renovation. Um, It's just been a suit for us. We've enjoyed working for people that we know. And so when they ask about renovation, we'll get into it. And here recently, though, we did a renovation, and I felt like the Lord was kind of uh, speaking to me as we were doing this because we were taking out of a master bathroom a tub and a shower. And it looked beautiful. The tub and shower did not, by most standards, would anyone say they needed demolition. But when the homeowners had purchased the house, the home inspector had said that the water from the shower was leaking out onto the bathroom floor under the tile, you know. So they couldn't see it, but he had found moisture through a tool that he used to read moisture. And so, sure enough, homeowners had wanted a large walk-in shower anyways, when we did the demolition, we found the home inspector was exactly right. There was water. So it was funny that he could see it, but there had been water leaking out. But what we found also was that the previous homeowners had actually tiled over an existing tile shower. And I don't know whether they'd done it to actually repair, thinking they would repair that leak. But they tiled, I think it was more somewhat cosmetic. But so we had to obviously take it everything down to the subfloor and the studs and rework uh, the plumbing for the new shower space anyways. But um, it just felt like the Lord was saying, you know, sometimes the church and we as individual Christians have to be very careful that we don't add to the word of God in a way that is like improper. And we also need to be careful not to cover up when there's, well, definitely don't cover up sin, but like don't cover up, yeah, when there's something wrong. Right. And we need to really like, there's sometimes we just need to get back to we need to make sure we go back. Maybe I think there's a lot of maybe call for an awakening in the church right now to just really look at what our purpose is with a lot of things that are going on in the world. Yeah, just a study of like, 
But I almost think sometimes what's in order right now is to like kind of strip away all preconceived thoughts about what it means to be a Christian and just go back to the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you had had one other question. You'd asked at one point what the Lord's teaching me about forgiveness right now. And um, I felt like sometimes I haven't really been grateful or happy to work in construction. And I've had, it's not been easy and it's been lonely and it's been a lot of paperwork and um, stretching myself to learn legal things and accounting things that I have not enjoyed. And um, I felt like the Lord recently showed me, and actually to the other thing that's sometimes hard is you can be hurt by working with people. And, it's, and you can in a lot of things. It's just that, you know, I've spent a lot of times on projects and the people won't go for it. But I, the Lord has shown me, I was reading through Genesis and got to Genesis 50, where Joseph says to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I um, think that there's a lot of us that have experienced things that we think it didn't go the way it should have, and it's like we have disappointments. But I can see that what God has taught me through our business, I think that he has really built something that I can use for others, and I'm actually anticipating what that will mean for the saving of lives. There's a lot of things I've learned through this. That's so. good, and I think that um, just knowing that there's been lean years that you all have had, and God has used that to grow you all yes. to help you now to walk with oh, others. Yeah. So that's yeah. powerful. Yeah, and Yolanda, just a, a great testimony and a lot of parallels in your life and your family's life and with Scripture. So thank you for joining us on Hope Talks today. It's been great to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that as you've heard Yolanda Hosnick's testimony, that it has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.